throws me a little off balance not having children's worship. We gave the children's worship uh, people the month of August off, but uh, kids, it's coming back. Hold on, okay? We're going to be reading a passage. See, someone wanted it. I don't know who that was, but I can't do anything about it today. We're going to read a passage that's become very familiar to this congregation. Uh, Every time about this time of year we do this, uh, but it's important uh, for us to go back and to look again. This is a passage out of Mark. It occurs in various forms in the other Gospels as well. It happens whenever a group of people are asking Jesus questions, trying to trick him and catch him, particularly the Pharisees and Sadducees. And then this teacher of the law shows up, and he thinks he's got a question that Jesus cannot answer. Let's be standing, please, as we hear this, the Word of God, Mark chapter 12, beginning in verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu. That's what he said. That was a statement that Jesus, along with all Jewish men, made at least three times a day. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. May God bless the reading of his word. As I said, this is an exciting time of year, and there are several things that happen this time of year, each year here at Johnson Street. And over the past few years, one thing that we have begun doing on the last Sunday of August is going back and looking once again at our mission statement or our vision statement. We call it either one. It's kind of interchangeable. And we do this for several reasons. One, we do it for our members that have been here forever just to refresh your minds and hopefully to put in your heart Uh, to set some new goals for this coming year. Uh, Rather than waiting for January 1st, you know, why not the end of August, let's uh, look at the vision statement again and say, you know what, maybe I need to set this particular spiritual goal, at least for the coming months, so that I can grow in this area. We also do it because we have a lot of guests, particularly our university students and others as well, who have never heard our vision statement. And by presenting it in this way, we hope that you can understand who this church is and what it is that we are trying to do here at Johnson Street. So we're going to have the present. There it is right there. Okay, here we go. Monty, I think you're going to have to do it for me. There we go. There's our mission statement or our vision statement. You see this all the time. You see it on our bulletin. You see it on any publication that we have. 
loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you see that little logo that's there in the bottom, too, four interlocked boxes. And each of those boxes stands for either heart, soul, mind, or strength. And we make them into that logo like that because it forms the cross. And we want everyone to know that at the very heart of this church is the cross of Christ. But we realize also that we have these four different areas that we're going to be looking at this morning. And I think after we go through this again, again, our members will be reminded, our guests will be informed as to why exactly we do this. Why do we have a vision statement anyway? What is the purpose of doing a vision statement so that a church can have something to say? Obviously, not any one statement can uh, capture all that church is about. And not any one statement can capture all that a particular congregation is doing. However, there is a good reason or several good reasons to have one. For example, we set goals by our vision statement. It gives us some direction in our vision statement. It also, in a way, draws some limits for us, which is good, because one church cannot do everything. You know, we staff members go out and visit other churches sometimes, and we'll run into a church that's doing something we don't do, and we think, oh, man, we got to do that. That's great. Well, sometimes it is great, and it would be good for us to do it. But we also have to realize that, you know, maybe that church that's doing this is not doing this or this or this that we're doing, and we can't really do all those things financially and and with energy that we have and the members that we have. We just can't do it all. So we have to determine, well, what is it that this congregation is going to do? And also a good vision statement does provide its individual members with a way to set these personal goals that I was talking about so that you don't stay on the same level where you've been for the last years or months in your spiritual life, that there is something that pushes you on and that you can set higher goals and you can move on and you can grow deeper in your spiritual life with God. So that's why we have a vision statement. Well, why did we choose this vision statement? Well, obviously it's because In Mark chapter 12, as we just read, when Jesus was asked a very interesting question, what is the greatest or most important commandment to keep? Out of all the things that God has told us to do, what's number one? Where should we start? Now, if I had not read this before, I would think that Jesus might say, well, you know, there's a lot of commandments. And there are a lot of important commandments, or perhaps even all the commandments are important. But Jesus had an answer. Jesus said, this is the most important thing you need to do in order to be pleasing to God or to serve God, to be obedient to God. You are to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Now, what this is, is a call to loving God with our entire being. Now, you know, we don't have just a religious or church compartment within us somewhere. You know, it's not that we go to work and do work. We go to school and do school. We go out and play and and do play. And then on Sunday morning, oh, it's church time. So we go to church and do church. 
But rather, being a child of God, being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, really consumes everything that we are. It encompasses our whole being. And these four areas pretty much describe us as we are. It talks about our heart. And our heart is that emotional part of us. And it talks about our soul, which is more that inner part of us, that that mystical innerness. Or it talks about our strength. There's heart. And then our soul. And then our mind, which is that intellectual self that we, we think with and reason with and learn with. And then our strength, which is our active doing self. And that's the part of us that gets out and does things. Now, all of us recognize these four areas of our life. That, that pretty much says it all, doesn't it? That, that our feelings that we have, that, that inner soul part of us, that kind of mystery that, that, that we wonder who we are and what we are and, and that inner life that we live. And then that, that mind, that thinking, that critical thinking area where we reason and we learn. And then the active self that we get out and go and do. So we all recognize, for one thing, that this pretty much makes up who we are as individuals. Well, also, another thing that we know is that all of us, when it comes to our faith life, when it comes to our relationship with God, we seem to have been born favoring one of those four over the other three. In other words, when it comes to doing faith, when it comes to being a believer, Each one of us tends to have a strength in one of those areas more than the other three. Now, that brings up interesting thoughts and interesting possibilities. Because what that means is that if we are going to be a disciple, and if we're going to be a member of of Christ's body, the church, it would be good for us to know what type of Christian that we are. What is that default setting in our lives? You know, what is it that when we wake up in the morning, unless we think about it, we're pretty much going to act out of this particular area of our life when it comes to relating to God? And we have a way here at Johnson Street of helping you discover that. Uh, How many of y'all remember years ago uh, when we adopted this statement that we did a spiritual type inventory? Y'all remember that? How many of you remember what type you are? Okay. All right. I hope all of you remember that did that because you can take this instrument and pretty much figure out, okay, when it comes to faith, how do I best relate to God? By the way, we offer that in our starting point class And starting point meets three or four times a year. It's going to begin the second Sunday in September. So if you're a newer member, or if you're someone that's never been through that before, or if you're a guest visiting this church and wanting to know more about it, that's a wonderful way to do it. If you are a guest and you leave us your contact information, you'll get some more reminders via email and perhaps a letter uh, telling you more about what this starting point's about. But in that class, we take this exam, we take this, this, uh, this inventory and find out who we are. 
Well, the interesting thing is, guess what? This church has all four of these areas in it. Now, well, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Let's look at heart people first and see who they are. We have got a lot of heart people here. In fact, whenever we did the study before, heart people are in the majority of this church. Now, I want to skip ahead just a little bit and tell you that didn't used to be true for any church of Christ. In churches of Christ, we used to really major on the mind. Our main emphasis was learning the Bible, studying the Bible. Does anyone remember when members of the church were called walking Bibles? Remember that? Okay. Because we learned the Bible, and we felt like that was the way. And that is a valid way. We'll look at that in, in just a moment. The only problem with that is that some people, that is not their number one way of relating to God. And another problem with that is, is that by you may have a mother and dad that are totally mind and really into that, and then they have a baby, and the baby's a heart child or a soul child. And you know what? If your congregation doesn't have a place for heart people and soul people and strength people, they're going to go find a place to be where they can relate to God and worship God in the way that is more natural and seems to be best for them. Well, heart people, let's look and see what they're kind of like. And there's, there's a lot that we could say about heart people, but we'll limit ourselves. Heart people feel the presence of God. And they experience most of all the presence of God in their relationships with other people. If they don't have friends at church, they're not going to come to church. Because it's all about being close to other people. And in those relationships with other people, that's where they discover God. And that's where they feel like God is at work. And when they do come to church, they want to make sure that the worship service is emotional and expressive. I mean, heart people want to stand up and either raise their hands or clap during the songs. Or we want to hold hands with each other and sing a slow song and cry. You know? Uh, that's, that's worship. And when we do that, they leave service going, wow, God was there today. You know, that was just exciting. That was wonderful. It was great. Well, if that kind of all relates to you, you may be a heart person, but you don't know until you take the instrument, by the way, because sometimes you're surprised. You kind of think you are one thing and then you find out that you're not. Anyway, okay. The next one is soul people. Of all the four things we have the least amount of these folks at church and churches of Christ. And probably because over the centuries, we kind of ran most of these folks off. That's kind of my prejudice. Uh, we do have a few soul people here. Uh, it, they're kind of weird. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you who they are because I don't want to embarrass myself. I mean, I don't want to embarrass anyone. <laughs> but soul people, what, what are soul people like? Well, soul people feel like that there is just this this sense of oneness with God, and that God is a mystery. And you're never going to really grasp who God is, and, but you, you, you sense that he's present. And if you want to experience God, you experience him in quietness and in disciplines and in piety. You go out by yourself. You spend time alone, and you're just blessed by the presence and the encouragement of God in that setting. When you do come together for worship, you want the worship to be structured, orderly, and most of all, quiet. 
and reverent. All right? When you take the Lord's Supper, you're right there with God. God is all around you. You don't want people singing. (laughs) You know? Whereas the heart people go, why aren't we singing a song? (laughs) All right? Okay. So those are, those are soul people. Okay, well, what about mind people? That's pretty easy to understand what mind people are. Mind people are in this thing to know more about God, and we want to know the Bible better. We want to understand the Bible. We experience God whenever we're reading Scripture, and we learn something about Him that is just wonderful, all right? So when we do come together, what should we do? We ought to study the Bible, that's right. We have Bible study. If you want to grow as a Christian, what do you need to do? Study the Bible. That's right. And so when when we come together for worship, well, certainly one of the main things we want to do is get through this other stuff and get to the sermon. And the preacher better tell me something I didn't know, you know, because I want to learn something. Because when I learn something new about God, I feel closer to God. All right? And then finally, we have strength folks. Now, it's interesting that we're getting more and more of these in this congregation. Uh, We're pretty heavily dominated by uh, heart people. Got a few lonely soul people wandering around. We've got a good number of mind people, all right? And then we've got a growing number of strength people. Because that's kind of the, 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 the thing that's the emphasis in Christianity today is to be out of the building and working and doing within the community, celebrating the kingdom of God out there. And amen to that. We need to be doing that. And the strength people are all excited saying, go, 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 go. Well, what are strength people like? Okay? Strength people, what they're like is they seek to serve God. You're closest to God when you're giving that cup of cold water to the person in need. You're closest to God whenever you're out doing a project that's going to benefit other people because that's what Jesus would do. And if Jesus is out there doing it, and if you want to be close to him, you need to be out there doing it too. Strength people experience God through meeting the needs of others. And they, if they appreciate worship, they appreciate worship that motivates. Pretty much feel like as long as we're sitting in this building, we're not doing the work of God, Okay. We, we need to come here, and if we're going to do anything, let's get fired up and get out there and do something. All right? Okay, got any strength people here? Yeah, all right. Okay. Well, a couple of observations then about all of this. Knowing that this is reality and that we all have these different strengths and we all come together and try to be a church, we can make a couple of choices. One is we can fight with each other like crazy. You know, the heart people can say, we want to sing the new songs. We want to sing the songs that make us cry, that make us feel good. The mind people say, "Uh uh-uh, that's not what I grew up singing. I want to sing this, all right? And so we can fight with each other about all of that. Or we can make the choice that this church has made intentionally, that we're going to recognize that together we're better than we are alone. You know, it is better for us to be a church that has four, all four of these elements active and alive and working within the church. We're going to embrace people that relate to God a little differently than we do. We're going to love the folks that maybe want to set different goals than we want to set 
because we need them. It's much like the, 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 the illustration that Paul gave of the body. You know, he said we're all different parts of the body. There's ears and eyes and hands and feet. What would the body be like if it was a big ear walking around, you know? Well, what is the church like if it gets rid of all of its heart people or gets rid of all of its mind people or gets rid of all of its, its strength people? What would it be like? It would be less of a church, that the church really needs all these, these areas. And these are the ways that we relate to God and we grow closer to God. The heart people, I don't know. If, if we, no, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. Yeah, it's, it's there already, isn't it? Okay, the heart people make us a warm church. You know, you people that love on everybody and you're always looking to make new friends, you're back there in the foyer, you're walking up and down these aisles, you're hugging people, and if a guest comes in, you want to know who they are and you want to know their name, and guess what? You can't even remember their names. I'm glad. You're a heart person, aren't you? Yeah, okay. Brian's a good heart person. Of course, Brian, we'll we'll talk about spiritual maturity in in a little bit, but as a, a soul person, if I had it my way, when I came to church, I'd come over here and sit down in my seat and wait for it to start. What would it be like if we were all like that? Nobody would be welcoming. Nobody would be warm. But we need the soul people because soul people bring depth to a church. Soul people bring reflection to a church. Soul people tend to look at the big picture and say, you know, we're not going in the right way, or we need some more of this. And they're the people who meditate and spend a lot of time alone with God. And often it's your soul people that will bring to a church a word from the Lord that that church needs to hear. Well, what about the mind people? We need them too. The mind people study Scripture, and they they bring to us sound doctrine and good teaching And if we start getting off into some areas that are a little weird and not really godly, they're the ones that say, wait, 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 you know, we need to go back and study the Scripture again because Scripture says this and this, and we need to do it this way. And they're right, we do, because we do model who we are after the Word of God. And so we got to have the mind people here that are doing that for us. And then the strength people, sure, you know, they have to remind us church is not about what happens in this room all the time, but this room gets us ready to go out and to be the people of God in this world and in this community. So that's who we are. It's a church that recognizes diversity and embraces that and encourages us to use our strengths. However... We must, before we close, remind you that when Jesus said this, he encouraged us as individuals not just to settle for the one area that we're strong in, but to remember that we are to love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. While he talks to the church in that way, he talks to each one of us as well. So if you're a heart person, Well, you need to set some goals to grow in one of those other areas where you feel a little weak, where it's something that is not in your comfort zone, something that is not real appealing to you. Hard people have trouble, I'm picking on hard people because you're all out there, but anyway, hard people have trouble, you know, doing that daily Bible reading, you know? 
And, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But, oh, you're sitting there all by yourself. I'd much rather text somebody on my phone, you know, look at Facebook, see what's going on in other people's lives. But you need to grow in the way you relate to God with your mind and with your soul and with your strength. So we all look and find something. And one way that we've tried to structure that here at Johnson Street is that we try, as we're coming up with programs, to say, well, what area is this? And who will this help? Just like this past summer, we did a lot of strength things where we went out on Wednesday nights and got involved in the community and did things for people. Well, that that was good because we were consciously trying to, to mature us as individuals and as a church in in strength and how we we grow and how we relate in that area. If you want to know, and if you, uh, we don't have time to go through all the opportunities here, but if you say, you know, I want to grow in this area this year, and you don't see what we're doing to help you with that, come up to me or Brian or Kevin or Doug or any of the staff members and and ask, what's Johnson Street doing to help me grow like this? What can I get involved in that will help me in that area? And we need to set those goals. One last thing. This year, oh, we got another slide. (laughs) There we go. All of us together working together. That's our goal. But this year, we are concentrating on our heart, folks. And we're not, it's not that we're forgetting all the rest of the things that we need to grow in. One reason we're doing this is because we've got a lot of heart people, and it's an easy thing to do for us, but also because some of us that aren't heart people, we need your help in growing in that. One of the strategies that we have had for over 20 years here at Johnson Street for heart-type people is small groups. This year now we're calling them connection groups because that appeals to heart people. I want to connect with other people. And it's been one of the greatest programs this church has ever done because those of you who are in small groups, you love them. That is your church, isn't it? That is your people. Those are your closest friends. So you love it. But it's been one of the worst programs we've had because it's very difficult for us to get people into small groups. And we're trying to correct that this year. And if you want to grow in your heart, or if you are a heart person and you feel like, I really haven't made those connections here that I I so want to have, then there's an insert in your bulletin. And just fill that out and drop it off at the table, the display in the back. Or if you want to think about it, you can always bring it to the office, or you can bring it Wednesday night, or you can bring it next Sunday morning. But I hope you will prayerfully consider being a part of a small group, and especially you soul and you mind and you strength folks. You know, those of you that get a little will, you know, that sort of makes you feel a little creepy to have to hold someone's hand and pray, you know, you know who you are, all right? Well, you need to grow. You need to grow in your heart, okay? And grab that hand and and say that prayer and shed a tear with someone. Well, small groups are a wonderful way to do that. So fill that out and leave it behind. And by the way, I want to, our university students, you have your own group. This isn't for you, okay? This is for all the rest of us. But y'all have your own small group program. Make sure you check with Doug or with Jerrica. And we want to get you guys plugged in because they'll be doing the same thing and tracking along with us as well. All right. Loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Uh, we could keep talking, but I'm already, uh, have, 
uh, gone a little bit over your time anyway. I apologize for that. But I love this, mission, this vision statement. It continually still motivates me as a person and as a minister. And I'm excited to be a part of a congregation that embraces such a healthy and holistic view of faith and what it's all about. Every time we come together, we certainly want to open our arms to those who want to come and grow with us, grow in your closeness to God in your spiritual life. We want to help you be a more mature disciple of Jesus as you help us grow in our maturity as well. And so we're going to stand, we're going to sing, there's going to be some of our church leaders around Go to them, ask them any question you might have. If you have a prayer need, something going on in your life that you would like for them to pray with you about, this is your opportunity. Let's stand and sing.